Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champ, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Hey guys, it's Brian Jackson of the Fort Down Experience Podcast. Chris Hughesby is on as well. What's up? We're excited about this interview. Chris, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. We're in the midst of a, a cold freeze up here in Minnesota. You know, the snowiest uh, month in February to date or in like 80 years or something like that. So it's been uh, been wild up here. How about you? Nice. So speaking, of, speaking of cold, we have a great guest on. It's from the CFL. Zach Maderos, he is a Grey Cup champion from 2016, and currently with the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, welcome to the show, Zach. Thanks very much, boys, and I appreciate you having me on. Glad to be here. Yeah, how you doing, Zach? Welcome to the Fourth Down Experience. We are thrilled to have you on. So, oh, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, that's why you're just on with the cold freeze, and we're not uh, too far to one either. Uh, past couple weeks, it's been about minus 17, minus 18, and this week just dropped back down to minus five or so, so it feels pretty, pretty normal and uh, warm weather for us anyway. So yeah, pretty similar up here as well. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, we saw that you you know been in the CFL for for a few years now, and um, we know that you won a Grey Cup. Uh, but you know, talk to us about talk to the listeners about your first season with the Argonauts. Uh, how was that? Um, so unfortunately we didn't have the best, uh, campaign that we were hoping for. We had a going four and 14. Um, we were in a lot of those ball games though. Um, six to like seven come to mind. Um, other than that, personally, I was pretty happy. Uh, I think it's probably my best season to date punting wise. I think I finished third in the league. Um, uh, so overall, like with my own accolades, I'm happy with that. But obviously, you know, it's a team score. I want the team to be better. So optimistic to what uh, is in store for next season. Yeah. So with with the CFL, how many teams make the playoffs then? Yeah, obviously it looked like you had the worst record so far, but is it uh, is it eight teams make the playoffs or six? Or how does that work when you have nine teams? Um, so they're usually, I think, you get yeah, seven that make it. So two don't make it. Okay. Seven make it. And then there's always one crossover team. So... Um, one team has a bye mm-hmm. um, from each division, and usually, so the past few years, it's been the West. The, yeah, it's, it's been a crossword from the Western Conference uh, since the yeah the past five years. Or so it's been it seemed to be the the uh, stronger conference between the two, even dating back to when we won the the uh, Great Cup with the Red Blacks. We had a losing record actually. Um, we had the first seed at eight nine to one. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, there's always one team from the Western Conference that travels over. So this past year was BC, and they had to play Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the winner of that game went with the Eastern Final. So it's not like the NFL where you have the wild card divisional, and then the you know like the conference championship is you know if you win one, you go straight to the final, and then from there you win the Great Cup. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, nice. So have you uh, you know you went to Western University? 
up in Canada? Were you yeah. more of a, a punter, or did you do all three? Um, so, actually, I don't know if that's written down in my own. So, I actually started off at University of Boston for two years, and then transferred back to Western. But, uh, to answer your question, I actually, I came in just as a natural um, kicker by trade anyway. I uh, didn't really, I, I played in high school, but didn't really know all the fundamentals and techniques. So, when I came into the university, it was still pretty rough. So, it definitely uh, took me a, a year or two to get down the technique and everything before I could actually solidify myself as a three-way combo guy. Nice. So what, uh, I mean, since we're kind of talking about your university path here, how, what's it, what's it like going through the university, you know, Canadian football system? You know, how, is it still Canadians rule football all through like, say, high school and, and college sports, or is there any similarities, in, or, or what are the major differences, I guess, going through the, the college realm from the Canadian side of things? Um, so everything remains the same. Um, from high school all over Canada, except for high school in um, West, they do high school rules. I'm uh, sorry, they, they do American rules. Um, and same thing with Sage in Quebec, which is, uh, I guess, the best comparison there is it's, it's junior college. So uh, their high school system, they, they go straight for two years to junior college and then university. Um, for us, but for me, um, straight for Ontario, it's similar to you guys. It's just, obviously, it's still Canadian rules. So we do three-down football with a wider field. And it's 110 yards. So I think it's a 10-yard difference from the NFL, if I have that correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 10 yards yeah, difference. That's the only difference. Okay. So yeah. as you... And then I guess... Yeah, sorry. I guess other than that, as you guys know, they... Um, I guess in college and high school, at least, if, you, if they know you have a chance to play at the next level, a lot of colleges look at you to be a three-way combo guy, seeing as, you know, if you're good enough one day... Um, whether it's university or CFL, they, they, it's really important to say that once on the roster, if a guy can keep you all three, it just brings, brings your value up. All right, so do you think like in Canada now, just with, with how many guys have, have played ball that are from Canada that are kicking and, and or punting or doing both, do you think like it's it, there's, there's been a good buzz amongst young guys now to, to focus a lot more? time and energy and kicking or do you think it's still kind of taking a while for the young guys just with hockey and, and things of that sort like like you know 15 years ago I don't know if a lot of Canadians are thinking about kicking you know, has that changed or, or what do you think um yeah I, I think it's changing it's starting to show now especially in my area you know um Liram for example so you know him obviously um he he and my actually punting coach Daryl Wheeler they actually have their own camps where they, uh, they're they all over the southwestern region of Ontario, which is the, the, the province I live in, the Toronto area and London area, and they started their own kind of kicking uh, academy. Um, and there's been some other coaches now trying, like, starting to follow suit uh, in this province as well and pretty much all across Canada, whereas you're right, as before, I wasn't really known. Um, it's really been a hockey-first sport and still kind of is, but I'd say that the crop, of, of kickers and football just in general has really started to come up. Um, it's not really competing with hockey just yet, but it's definitely made waves, I'd say, over the past 10 years or so. Well, nice. Do, do Canadians call soccer soccer, or do they can it, do Canadians call soccer football? <laughs> no, we uh, call it soccer. Okay, yeah. I didn't know. I was just curious. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm, nice. I'm curious, with the, with the CFL right now, you know, you at least you hear in the NFL, there's you know, talks about changing the, the kicking game rules and things like that and possible elimination of kickoffs. 
do they get any talk like that for CFL, or has everything kind of just stayed the same? Um, to my knowledge, as far as I know, it's still going to remain the same. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as anything else, the only thing, the really big rule that only changed a, a few years ago, which is the same for American football with the PAT. We used to go for 12 yards, though, actually. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. And I think after the 2014 campaign, they backed it up to 32 yards now. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So it was a 12-yard extra point? 12-yard extra point, yeah. So, I mean, you can miss it. You can pull it. You know, <laughs> really just get away with any ugly lead kick out there. And we're still going to go through. So now, obviously, with the yeah, 32, 20 yards back now, makes it a bit more challenging. Nice. That's awesome. So, um, I saw on a couple Instagram videos that you had that you, you're taking advantage of T, which honestly is what, what I would do. Uh, are you still doing that? And and also, if you know, when you tried to vie for the NFL, and I see you're still trying to vie for NFL, how's that transition to the ground? Um, it hasn't been too bad for me. I feel like, yeah, so I've been in a couple of free age camps now, that it's the transition hasn't been too, too bad. Like, I might notice a bit of hype being taken off, but. And honestly, I, I wish I, I grew up kicking with out of I feel like it's not easier. It's just easier to align your, your body as you would with a tee. Um, I just been so, so used to it. I've been using it since I've been 13 years old. And I honestly didn't really start working with that one until I knew I was going to go to a free agent camp back in 2016. And other than that time, it's been years playing with the tee. So I just feel um, it's just second nature to me at this point. As is, I'm sure with you guys, if you guys use a tee, it's, it's probably... Kind of forms you guys, I assume. College and the NFL level, you know, they don't they don't use tees, but and shoot, now these days down here, high school kids start going to the ground real quick. I mean, it's almost they go to the ground too quick, uh, honestly, because they they see other kids go to the ground, you know, they're kicking good, so they think they need to go to the ground. So it's been kind of tough just because everyone is different, every body type is different. It took me two months to transition to the ground, and I've trained kids that have taken a week or it's taken three months or a month so it's just it's just different for everyone with their foot yeah, so, and their hips so yeah so if you guys had your way would you go because some guys go two inch and then you go like a inch half inch and then ground is that the way you guys prefer it when you coach guys or when I coach guys if they're like an eighth or ninth grader I have them up to two inch and if, if they're really getting under a bat or if they're being a ton of ball height it's like kind of unusual like it's almost too high then I'll try them out in the one inch. Uh, and then, you know, by junior year, they should be down to the half inch because uh, that's what's, you know, they created a half inch team now. And, um, and then I, I try to get them in the summer before their senior year to be ground ready so that when they go to college camps in the summer before the senior year, uh, they're able to show well off the ground. And then uh, when high school season comes around for their senior year, I, I train I transition them back to the half inch because uh, their high school coaches usually tell them, especially down here in the south, they tell them, you know, you need to use the tee. And then the other thing, too, is we don't have a whole lot of turf fields down here in, our, in, in the south. It depends on where you're at. Uh, so, um, you know, so the, uh, so the grass can be real thick. So, uh, yeah, that you know, like, so they go back to the ground after, after they're done with high school. So, um, maybe different with Chris. No, it's about the same as well. It's kind of the same idea and mentality as for the right for the seniors that kind of really want to 
take it serious for that Division One push. A lot of them try to go off the ground that summer before just to see if they can get there for the camps. Otherwise, it just really turns off coaches, I assume, right? They'll just... If they're kicking off 70-plus yards consistently, that, that can that can get a head, head coaches or special teams coach, you know, head, like, you know, real noticing what that guy's doing, you know, so if he's... There's a guy that's like not coming off the ground at a college camp, but he's hitting 73, 75 yard kickoffs, and he's kicking off a half inch or one inch tee. I mean, the coach could just say like, "Hey, you know, I want to see you come back here and kick off the ground for me, but your kickoffs are great. Keep it up, you know." So, um, I know kickoffs are huge because college coaches kind of think of it real simple. They're just like, "Look, if you can kick at 75 yards and kickoff, you surely should be able to kick a 50 yard field goal." So, you know, that's kind of like their thought process is they like to kind of observe and evaluate the kickoffs first. So, yeah, yeah well, that's fair. Um, it is one thing, sorry, I'm curious, like, because uh, I know, do they give scholarships to guys who just do kickoffs too? Or how is that? Because I've seen rosters in college where they have a guy just for, for kickoffs. Well, like in my experience, they probably they probably gave that guy a scholarship for his overall kicking abilities. And then at some point, they probably felt that 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 guy was best at kickoffs for the team, and then they maybe had another kicker that was best for field goals. So, I don't. I guess I can't recall a kid ever getting a scholarship just to kick off. But at some point, that was probably their quickest way onto the field. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so Zach, tell us this: What's kickoff? What are kickoffs like in the CFL? And like, how big is the field? And- how far is it to the goal line? Is there touchbacks? Like, explain all that. Yeah, so it's, it's a bit different. Um, so where we're kicking off, since it's a field longer, we uh, stay the same, kick off from the 35. Uh, but it's 75 yards to the goal line as opposed to 65 in NFL. Um, so directional kicking is paramount for the most part. Um, I say now, yeah, they look for a lot of depth. Obviously, they want great hang time as well, but... They look for great depth, low locations, huge. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I mean, if the return let lets the ball go through the end zone, um, or if he takes me in the end zone, it's, it counts as one point. We uh, call it a uh, yeah, rouge up here. Um, and same thing for punting as well. If we punt the ball through the end zone, which again, same thing. We, uh, I know you guys go a lot for the Aussie kick to try and down the inside. So we more or less try to angle the ball out of bounds if we can. But a lot of times, as you guys see in, in CFL games, if you can't, a lot of times you, you'll see the ball roll through the end zone, which will amount to one point for the, um, that team. And the opposing team will get the ball at the, at the 35. That's kind of the, the trade-off there. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind, of, it kind of blows up the uh, stats a little bit for the gross, but that kind of takes the hit. That makes sense. So one thing I was kind of curious about, Zach, when I, we were doing a little research on you before uh, the interview, you were, and it kind of reminded me of hockey a little bit, but I just kind of wanted you to explain it. So you were drafted by Edmonton, but then you went back and played in a different football league for a little bit before going back to CFL. How does that work, or what, what is that like Canadian university league? Because to me it seemed like oh, hockey. So, okay. the way, so the way it works here, so if you get sent back after your draft year, you are eligible to play one more year again for university. Oh, wow. Um, I, I don't think you, you guys can do that for American College, right? I think it's once you do play for the draft, 
that, that, that's it. You like, can't go back to college. You have to go straight to the draft. And if you don't make it, you're a free agent, correct? Yes. Yeah. So for us, we, we have one more year to kind of show what we can do. Um, so for me, um, my first training camp in 2014 when I got drafted, um, just went there for two weeks. I was there for a cup of coffee, and uh, they yep, basically sent me back to get more experience, to be more to get more comfortable, and just overall just to kind of weigh my uh, turn. Because um, I, I was a bit anxious when I came in. I was competing against two guys um, who were pretty seasoned. They're already four or five years in the league. Um, so I think that helped me a lot, just going back, getting that extra year, just getting better, and uh, just make sure I was more prepared by my my next uh, go around. So I mean, were you signed like or drafted after your third year of football or fourth year of college football, and then you got a fifth year to play, or how does that kind of work in terms of your eligibility to be drafted as a kicker? After your fourth year, is when you're draft eligible. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. That's cool. Tell us how how you got into it all, and and what kind, what got you this far? Yeah, so um, so I, I grew up playing soccer my my entire life for fifteen years, and then long story short, when I realized I wasn't going to be a pro soccer player, I realized football was the next best thing. And you know, for me, I just saw it as another excuse to hang out with my buddies for another two hours after high school. It seemed to be like the new fad; everyone was doing it. Um, it just kicking the ball just seemed to come naturally since I was a striker in soccer, so I was always able to kick the ball hard, just didn't really, I wasn't really able to control where it went all the time. Um, but for high school, like, university, it seemed to be all right. We, like, university, I always had a pretty good team, so I never really had to, you know, work on taking too long of kicks, and everything was pretty average distance for the most part anyway. Um, and overall, I had a pretty good career, so then going into the pro ranks, that's when I, you know, started experiencing the business side of things. Um learning that, you know, I actually need to work on my technique more, get coaching done. Um, and overall, like, you know, even I, I coach guys back here in London. Um, I tell them the same thing. It's just patience, honestly. Like, you, you see a lot of guys, and I've, I've you know, I think as you guys know, obviously, too, you've been around a lot of free agents where they have it, right? They have the leg, they have the strength. It's there. It's just, are they patient enough to, um, to kind of wait their turn? And for me, it took me two years to eventually break into the league until the Ottawa Red Blacks signed me in 2016. Um, but there's times definitely in there where there's doubts um, and all that. But yeah, I, I definitely waited my my, my uh, turn because after 2014, I got signed back to Edmonton for 2015, and I got released again after training camp. So for me, I just thought to myself, you know, what am I going to do here? You know, my should I just stop now? Should I fall back on school, or should I keep you know try to hope for this? And something in me just kept telling me, you know, keep going, see what happens. And thankfully, someone took a shot on me. Uh, and it was Ottawa, and ever since then, you know, and it's, you know, and it's still been tough at times, but I think that, you know, getting the in-season experience has, has definitely helped um, with opportunities, you know, if I got released, or if it, you know, if it just didn't work out somewhere, then teams knew I was, and they, they saw that I had game tape already, so it just makes the process that much easier, whereas, you know, for a free agent who really doesn't have any on-field experience at all, it might be a, a bit tougher for, for them to get a shot. Yeah, well then you obviously lucked out because it took you a little while to get there and then your first real, seems like your first real full experience was with Ottawa. So what was that season like? Because you ended up winning the Super Bowl or the Grey Cup, you know, so what was that full season like for you? Uh, a lot of learning experiences. Uh, it was definitely a rollercoaster ride. So um, as I said earlier, um, actually, by the way, it was six teams that, that make the playoffs, sorry, not seven, so correct myself, six teams. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I should know my my league better. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, it was a roller coaster though. I mean, we were the first place seed in the Eastern Conference, and we were eight, nine, and one. Um, so I, that you know can't get away with that too often. It's just the way the league shaped out that year. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs, and then it was just one of those things where we we got hot at the right time at the last two games of the year. We beat the, the you know two of the best teams in the league to get into the playoffs and then uh, beat Edmonton in the Eastern Final and kind of same thing in Calgary. I mean, no, no one really gave us a shot going into that great cup game, but I mean, it's one game, right? It's not like in hockey where you have a set seven-game series to win it. Um, yeah, we just went into there and the game went, went to overtime actually, but we were able to squeak it out in overtime and get the championship. Wow. That's an incredible experience right there. I mean, that's, I mean... So do you guys get like nice rings and stuff like you see with the Super Bowl or any sort of American sports teams or for championship rings and all that? Yeah, yeah. So we got those. We actually had to wait till the following training camp to get them. I thought it was one of those things where we just kind of take it, you know, after, like maybe like a week after the game, we we take our ring sizes and then maybe we we get them like a month later or two months later. But we had to wait all the way till next training camp until we got them. I don't know how it works for the NFL. Or uh, for, for for college, we you guys to wait that one, but I, I was pretty anxious to get one after we won. Yeah, for arena ball, it took a year. Uh, the two times that that I won, it took a whole year each time. So it's it's kind of nerve wracking because you're almost like wondering like, are they gonna forget about it or not? <laughs> what? But I saw the picture on Instagram. It it looks pretty dope. You should check it out, Chris. Yeah, well, probably, uh, for sure will. So I'm curious, you grew up in Canada, you're playing in the CFL. Do you have aspirations to pursue the NFL at some point? Oh, um, <clears throat> to be honest, I'm not, I haven't really thought about that. I think I want to try and uh, establish myself a bit more in the CFL before any opportunity like, like that came up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah, it's tough. I mean, especially now with how many pre-ages there are. and uh, Yeah, I think it definitely helps. You know, I, I'm seeing guys like, like Liram, another Canadian, he's, he's getting I think, a few workouts here and there with some NFL teams. He's, already pretty, he's, he's had a, like a three good years in the league now, though. Um, so for me, I, I think I just want to kind of build on that. You know, hopefully I can have another strong campaign again this, mm-hmm. this following season and then kind of see what happens after that. But, yeah, honestly, that's not even really like, like a thought for me right now. Yeah. So if you were, let's just say you were to consider that, I mean, do you have to sever ties with your team? in order to go out and do tryouts, or can you still fall back to your team and they sort of let you dip your toe in the water? I'm just sort of curious about how this process works. It all kind of depends. Like, some teams have longer leashes where, you know, you're, you, you see with quarterbacks now in the CFL, um, if they're going to be a free agent at the end of the year, they'll, they'll have a couple stints and a couple of workouts where their, their coaches will be like, okay, well, you know, as long as we have your word, and if you don't make any team, then there'll be something in the contract or clause saying, you know, if they don't sign anywhere down south, they're, they're going to come, you know, back down here, which is nice. You know, at least he has something to fall back on. Um, I've known a couple of kickers, so one that comes to mind is Swayze Waters. He did that a few years ago. Actually, he was with the Argos. And uh, I know they're actually in contract talks with them to re-sign him, and then he went to Carolina, I believe, for training camp. And uh, then, I'm not sure if he ended up making it there or not, but then I remember later on the year I, I was seeing him yeah, I think he went from BC uh, to Edmonton the following year. Sorry, uh, so it all just depends on what the situation is. And um, I think for me, like as long as I knew, like if I had something to fall back on, and 
I was the kind of putting my, myself in limbo. If I didn't make a team down south, then I, I definitely do it because that's obviously a once in a lifetime opportunity. Mm-hmm. And you know, the also goal is to play with you know, try to play at the NFL level. I mean, that that'd be amazing, right? We all grew up watching it. So. Yeah. So who do you cheer for then? Being a, when you're in Canada, what you got an NFL team you cheer for? I do. So I actually follow the Steelers quite a bit. Um, people from my area, since we're actually close to, to Detroit and Buffalo, they'll follow those two teams. But again, I grew up in a in a family household, strong uh, strong following of the uh, Steelers here. So I, I've been a Steelers fan since I was like geez, five, six years old. Very cool. Well, you've been talking about all the the different teams in the CFL, and it's kind of like our staple question. Uh, we, we've had Renee, we've had Ty Long from the CFL um, here on the podcast. We're excited that you're on, Zach. Uh, so it's been cool to hear some different responses, but what have been uh, your five uh, favorite stadiums to play in? Ooh, all right. And name half the league here. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so... Alright, I'm going to start from best to worst, well, best to my, my fifth, I guess. Um, so my favorite one, just because I love sushi, and it's right by the ocean, I have to go to BC, plus um, it's also indoors, so we, we get to avoid the harsh weather. Um, it's the only indoor stadium in the CFL now. Um, second, I have to say Ottawa. Um, great, great stadium. I, I, I was there for a year and a half, uh, always sold out. Um, just a great setup overall, like the the stands are nice and close to the field. It's really loud in there. Um, Saskatchewan would probably be my third. And it's more like an NFL setup, I'd say, compared to the rest of the CFL. It's a newer stadium, I think, even two years ago now. Um, I think it's the biggest as well. It gets really loud in there. And that whole province alone, they don't have any other professional sports teams. So everything in that area is all geared towards football. They, they, they live and breathe um, the Rough Riders out there. Uh, Edmonton would probably be my fourth, and then my fifth would probably, you know, I'm going to have to go with my, my stadium, Game Field. Jeez, I hope no one's from my team <laughs> to this. I'm going to get torched for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, ta- we're talking about fan experience, too, you know, game experience, so, you know, some, some, some stadiums really get it going with their fan support, so, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Saskatchewan was a, was a popular one with the other guys. Uh, I think they, they had said that was like their one or two or three. For BC or Ottawa? Uh, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Saskatchewan, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if, actually, so, Chris, you, I don't know how far you are from there, actually. What? Saskatchewan. Uh, well, let's see here. Well, Toronto, for sure, would be fairly close, I think, for for me, but I'm, maybe Saskatchewan isn't too far either. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, either way, I mean, if you guys get a chance to ever get up there and see a game, it's, it's quite the uh, experience. I'll actually tell you guys a funny story. I remember, so my first year in Ottawa, we flew into SAS, and I didn't know any better. Um, so, it's not a very big town in uh, Regina where the team is. And I remember we were, so we were in a hotel, we were right across the mall, Cornwall Mall, Cornwall Mall. It was game day, and I was grabbing lunch with one of my, actually, the other picker at the time, Chris Milo. And we went to the mall, got lunch, and we're, we're like in our sweats ring. We're just decked out in Ottawa gear, like wearing red. And the thing is, there in, in uh, Saskatchewan, on game day, all the co workers, everyone in the mall, they'll, they'll all wear green. Oh, nice. So we walk in there, and it's just a sea of green. And we're just sticking out like a sore thumb. We're just walking through, got our food. 
and we realized really quick, hey, we need to get the heck out of here. Like, we're getting dirty looks all over the place. Like, we should just, you know, we should just call in room service at this point. Mm-hmm. So, it was kind of an in and out situation, but yeah, it was just kind of funny when that, but also kind of cool at the same time because you don't really see that everywhere. Yeah. So, it was definitely fun experiencing that. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, my last interview here, Zach, is, you know, looking at the schedule coming up, looks like your season, or at least preseason, starts in May. So, uh, what has your offseason been like to prepare for next year? And then when do you guys really report to to your team to really start practicing? Um, so, offseason right now, I'm just, uh, you mean like kicking live, like training Yep, line? yep, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I kind of took the past couple months just to kind of let the body heal, get it uh, stronger so I can kind of kick routinely again so I'll probably get back at it um, completely again around the start of March two or three times a week um, as far as training camp and everything we report back at the team in mid-May okay um, and then just kind of get the ball rolling from there oh very nice well, awesome well Zach we appreciate you having us or having you on um, you know, like Brian said, I think you might be our, I think you're our fourth CFL interview and I, I keep learning stuff every time we talk to you guys. So uh, we appreciate it and, uh, want to wish you well here for this upcoming season. Hey, I appreciate a lot guys. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate that. Thanks Zach. Yep. Best of luck, man. Yep. Take care, right, man. Thank you. Take care. Yep. Bye. Hey Brian, that was a, that was a fun interview. I. Uh, like I mentioned to Zach, I mean, I just keep learning more, and it was just fun to hear some more of those differences and, you know, just get their opinions on NFL football versus what they're doing and, and everything. So that was cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You can punt the ball through the end zone and get a point. But like, like he said, it kind of hurts your net average. But, I mean, yep. what if that point helps win a game? That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's an that's a interesting difference right there. So, awesome, guys. Well, hey, thank you all for listening. And uh, we will see you next week. We got a few more really fun interviews lined up, and uh, appreciate you guys' ongoing support. Thanks, guys. Later. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings, exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps, that's NKR underscore camps, or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out nationalkickingrankings.com. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.